Bob gets colds all the time. I don't get colds really. all the time. I, you get colds more than me. Sure. You're exposed to more things in the world than I am. Here we are. Here we are being judged for our uh, ability to fucking get a cold every now and then. Jesus Christ. Cast Iron Brains, a podcast that recently learned that all the big podcasting money is moving away from the podcasting behemoths like the New York Times and iHeart Networks, instead spending advertising money on smaller niche shows with much smaller but dedicated and loyal audiences. Thinking this was a huge monetization opportunity for a podcast such as this one, this podcast got to preparing an advertising pitch deck to lure some of that sweet, sweet internet money over this way. And then, like five minutes in, this podcast realized that it has no particular idea what it is we do here exactly, thus making it rather hard to say what it is the audience, such as it is, shows up to listen for. A podcast with both a small audience and an impossibly wide lens, with all the editorial rigor of whatever the hell it is that pissed us off on the radio or the internet this week. A podcast that demands, not that its audience plug its stupid name into some discount code box at stamps.com or some bed linens company. A podcast that is here for the love of the podcasting game and nothing else. A podcast determined to be listened to by as few people as possible, to no discernible ends, for no good reason, other than it's a pretty good time. You can keep your filthy advertising money, you bastards. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host. That's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here, too. How are you doing tonight, Lori? I'm okay. Lori's okay. Tonight is Wednesday, May the 10th, 2023. Recording on a Wednesday night rather than a Monday night. Uh, we had a baseball game Monday night. We also had a baseball game tonight, but uh, feeling was that the last baseball game would run a little later, and this one would run a little shorter. Uh, it turns out they both ran about the same amount of time, but uh, whatever. Here we are. Now, I was going to request uh, Abe. Uh, my friend who doesn't do anything with his life ever. <laughs> uh, let's record Tuesday because yes. that's a frequent thing. It's like we can't do Monday. That's let's not just how do Tuesday. Abe is Abe does things all the time. Yeah, on okay, occasion. But, but Abe apparently is fucking social butterfly. He's like, nope, I'm all wrapped up Tuesday and Thursday nights. <laughs> yeah. Got big plans, Bob. Fuck you. Uh, Abe has things to do. <laughs> May the popular month. What do you want for me? Like uh, people are always wanting to do things. It's warm, you know. And See, I figure social butterfly Abe. We have been consistently hitting the Monday recordings. So I thought, oh, Tuesday and the rest of the week, open season. And I scheduled hanging out on Tuesday and Thursday. And so, Perfectly fine. I'm, I'm, my feelings weren't hurt at all. It's just <laughs> very happy for you. By yeah. the way, speaking of which, uh, on the podcast front, uh, it's gotten to the point now, like uh, in polite company, like Friends that I don't know that well and, like, coworkers, like, if there's any discussion about podcasts, I will mention this current podcast that I'm on, but I never mention the <laughs> other podcast, and I don't know why. I mean, I guess I know That's why, not, but, like, I, 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 I know exactly why. why you would choose to mention this one and not the other one. Which, like, that 
says. It says a lot a about lot. Abe, actually, because it's funny. I say awful things on here. I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. Very regularly. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, that's it. How bad yeah, yeah. is the stuff being said on the other podcast? The other podcast if this is just... This is the, the okay, the safe for work one. It's yeah. just dudes hanging out and like uh, locker room talk kind of nonsense. Like it's yes. not that bad. It's, it's Yeah, but it's... Especially people like that know me like in a work... You know, like I can... Right. Despite of all, all the nonsense right. you say here, I can defend everything that's said here. I can't do the Right. Same. You can defend it and also yeah. you have the, uh, the good fortune of being on the other side of me. Yes, that's right. right. (laughs) You are the reasonable one. "Ah, I don't know about that, Bob. Not too sure. I think you might have taken that too far. Uh, Whereas with the other one, Mike or somebody will say something just absolutely awful and indefensible, and you are just cackling in the background because you've had three drinks. Uh, It's it's good times, though, uh, over there on the Biffler. Yeah, I don't tell anybody about... uh, I don't really tell anybody about this podcast. A either. guy in our neighborhood, I mean, we think we talked about this, like, seemed to enjoy talking to Bob, like, picks up on Bob's vibe, right. also listens to news podcasts. And Bob's like, oh, I'm not going to tell him about it. Yeah, he's like, I, <laughs> he I, you know, listen. I listen to the, the Daily, but I really like the like the Bulwark or the, or the Dispatch it was podcast. John Pesca or whatever, Mike Pesca that he liked. Oh, everybody likes Mike Pesca. No, I don't. Almost everyone. Too anyway. much energy. Had fun at baseball tonight, despite no, the we didn't. kids being total little shits who didn't pay any attention to the it game. It was a beautiful night, is all you can it say. It was about a beautiful it. night for baseball. Field looked immaculate due to my manicuring of the the sky. The I was not referring to the field. Right, but you you, the, you played a role in the. The yeah, the home team has to like uh, rake and sweep the field and make Put sure the lines. lines are down and neat. Oh. And so that that was my job. Field looked good, but the children showed up and just had their heads somewhere else tonight. It's just no idea what was going on out there tonight. Very you bad. Got to coach news all them around. up, Bob. You know, got to get them in the That's game. Right. As we speak tonight, Wednesday, since Abe was so busy last night, we are not currently watching the CNN town hall with former president and future Republican nominee Donald Trump. I saw a little bit of chatter about this when this was first announced. Like, uh, did we learn nothing, people? Have we learned nothing? We're going to put him on television again? And, like, part of me is like, yes, that is the position that I have taken with regards to Trump, which is like, we have learned nothing. They're going to give him all of this free media. But, like, uh, just having a, a single town hall with President, former President Trump on a Wednesday night, to goose ratings that's not the sort of thing that we just won't do this is a person who's going to in all likelihood he's leading the republican field every reason to believe that he will be the nominee this is the sort of thing that you have to do what you don't have to do is cover the rallies you don't have to talk about this town hall for the next three weeks playing clips of it over and over again and making it the entire focus of your news organization for the next three news cycles or whatever right uh it is fine, in fact, to have a town hall with this asshole and let him uh, reveal himself to be the person that he always is and then move on from it, in my opinion. It's a, uh, it's a testament to his uh, strength that he can uh, 
keep his appointment with CNN for this town hall like the week of like a I mean it's a civil case but like a rape I mean he wasn't charged with the rape part but like it wasn't a good news cycle for Trump but like it just goes to show you there's no bad news cycle for him like he could just walk into anything I caught a very little bit of the top and it was like a shit show as I thought it would be like he would just come out and just say like oh uh, with a debt limit like uh Fuck it, like, uh, do whatever, like, uh, uh, let's default, and it's all psychological, nothing bad will happen, and, you know, Caitlin Collins, who's trying to handle this guy, uh, an impossible task, because he's just Trump, uh, but she's like, oh, trying to hold him, like, to it, like, oh, but when you were in office, you said the opposite, like, thinking, right. like, ooh, I, I got him here, got and, him. He, and he says, yeah, but I was in office then, and I'm not now. And he just had a little smirk, and, and the audience just took it in, and they just laughed. Like, And it's like, what are we doing? Like, what's the point of this whole thing? Like, you, you're not going to get him on anything. Like, the audience right. is with him. You're not going to change anyone's mind. And it's just kind of a weird exercise where it's like, what is the point? Besides a ratings boost for CNN, like, there's no undecided. Although, somebody, you know, they always do this when they do the town halls. They inevitably ask, like, some schlub like oh this guy owns a business and blah 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 he always votes republican and then there's always one person who's like they're undecided could go either way give it a go and they had one of those and they asked some random question Uh, imagine not being not being decided on the trump question (laughs) at this point i it's just how important do you think that you are right that you you are you're just holding your uh, you're standing above the fray, not going to let anybody tell you what to do. My vote matters. Fuck you, man. What are you talking about? Bad week for Donald Trump. That trial in New York with Eugene Carroll. Uh, he did not show up for the trial, except as uh, displayed to the jury via uh, video deposition. He did not otherwise enter the courtroom. But that Manhattan jury found that Trump sexually abused and defamed E. Jean Carroll and awarded her $5 million in damages, which will, of course, be uh, challenged in appellate courts moving forward. Uh, she had accused him of, uh, anybody needs the quick background story, assaulting her in some fashion in a department store in New York City back in the 90s. She was unsure exactly of what year it was uh, or even what time of year it was that the assault happened, but she was able to produce a couple of uh, friends of hers who she told about the assault at the time that it happened, and they so they had contemporaneous memories of it from back then, uh, which was one way that she was able to corroborate her story. And it's quite a thing to have a, even though it's not a criminal action, of course, this was uh, well beyond the statute of limitations. It was even beyond uh, any sort of ability for her to sue him until New York passed a law in the wake of Me Too, which gave her the opportunity and anyone the opportunity during this uh, one window of time here that I think runs out at the end of the year or something along those lines uh, to attempt to sue someone to find them civilly liable for uh, sexual assaults that happened outside the bounds of the statute of limitations uh, as it now stands. So she took advantage of that. Of course, Trump immediately dismissed this entire thing as a non-event, that this is a biased jury and an unfair outcome, and that he doesn't even know who this woman is. 
I don't know how closely you followed this, Abe, but th- there were a number of things that jumped out at me. Did you pay any attention to it? I, I did not, no. Um, I mean, I kind of just read bits and pieces, but I did not right. follow it. So you remember when she first made this accusation, it was in a memoir that she was uh, pushing a few years ago. This is before even this law was passed. So she wasn't doing this in the hopes of eventually suing him because it wasn't, in fact, the case that she could have sued him until this new law uh, came into effect. When she made the accusation in her book and in in an excerpt that was published somewhere, Vanity Fair or something like that, he said, I don't even know who this woman is. And uh, even if I did, she's not my type. Right. So uh, that was his his defense in the public eye was I couldn't have raped this woman because she's not the type of woman he would that rape. I that I would rape. She's not rapable. Right. If, in fact, you are supposed to be allowed to grab them by the pussy, as uh, stars are. Uh, according to Donald Trump, uh, she's not the type uh, who he would have grabbed. And that was supposed to be something that uh, exonerated him from uh, potential guilt. In the deposition that the jury saw, and this was particularly damning, considering that this is a civil case and you only have to come to the conclusion that it's more likely than not that a thing happened, rather than uh, the, the old thing in a criminal court of law where it's uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, right? So if, if the defense can establish any doubt in a criminal case, then the defendant is supposed to have to get off, right? right? In this, it's not doubt. It's just, do you think it's more likely than not that what E. Jean Carroll is saying happened, actually happened? And Trump, in his deposition, in addition to when he was asked about the Access Hollywood tape, do you still believe that people, that that, that stars can get away with grabbing people in the in the fashion that you suggested that they could he said yes it's always been that way for thousands of years uh, fortunately or unfortunately that's just the way it is like fortunately or unfortunately it's just the way it is a uh, real real wonderful guy that we made the president that's interesting uh, one of the like i like i said i watched about 10 minutes before i got on like he said almost word for word what you just said in the town hall he repeated that to the audience that, that was well receiving of it. They were, we're kind of laughing through the whole thing. Uh, it's kind of very weird. I have no idea who the hell... She's a Mr. whack President, job. You, you did not testify in person in this trial. There was a tape deposition of you from October in it. You defended the comments that you made on that Excess Hollywood tape about being able to grab women how you want. Do you stand by those comments? I said if you're famous and rich or whatever I said, but I said if you're a star... Uh, you are, and I said, women let you. I didn't say you grip. I said women let. You know, you didn't use that word. But if you look, women let you. Now, they said, will you take that back? I said, look, for a million years, this is the way it's been. I want to be honest. This is the way it's been. I can take it back if you'd like to. But if you're a famous person, if you're a star, and I'm not referring to myself. I'm saying people that are famous, people that are you stars, in the deposition, people that are rich, to be a star people that are powerful, yes. uh, they tend to do pretty well in a lot of different ways, okay? And you would like me to take that back? I can't take it back because it happens to be true. I said it's been true for one million years, approximately a million years, perhaps a little bit longer than that. So you stand by those comments? Well, I don't want to lie. Mr. Oh, President, we have what, a lot of Here's what she wants Mr. President, me to say. Let's a get rich to the and famous person tonight. has no advantage over anyone else. Well, you do have an advantage. And I say, unfortunately, but 
That's the way it is. You said fortunately or unfortunately. Well, fortunately but Mr. President, or unfortunately we have a lot of for her. Questions. Right. It's like he's sort of lamenting the fact, like, like if you choose to lament the fact that big stars can sexually assault people and get away with it, then you're free to lament that sad fact. But, you know, if uh, you're a big star and you get away with it, why would you lament that fact? Uh, you are the one who got away with it. Like, it's a very, it's a very classic Trump formulation, if nothing else. Uh, anyway, so further, he apparently, as he said, his defense was, she's just not my type. He has then shown a picture in this deposition and it's a picture of a few women. And he's like, what am I looking at here? Oh, they, well, and he identifies, oh, well, there's Marla. There's my wife. And he's pointing at E. Jean Carroll oh. in the picture. So he mistakes the woman that he had a wild uh, sexual affair with in the 1990s, uh, cheated on his wife, and then bragged to New York newspaper, the tabloid newspapers in New York, that he was having the best sex of his life, that she was having the best sex of her life, that she was this hot piece of ass, and he was a great sexual conquest man. He confused the woman who he said is not his type for his wife right. at the time, this Marla Maples. So uh, basically eliminating that as a viable means of defense in the jury's mind, right? Because right. you can't say she's not my type and then point at a picture of her and mistake her for your actual wife at the time. It's, right. uh, it, it doesn't work, right? <laughs> so those were, uh, to me, the main reasons that it made sense for this jury to find this story, which in some ways is somewhat incredible, as in the, the, the a lack of potential credibility, just because it did happen so long ago. She didn't even know what season it was. She didn't know what year it was. Obviously, there's no physical evidence. Um, but, you know, whatever. She told two friends about it, and they testified uh, in court, and it was good enough for that jury. And uh, based on what I had seen, it's good enough for me. It's perfectly plausible to me that Donald Trump did this thing. And, and she didn't appear to have any real reason uh, to make it up. And certainly uh, the women who testified on her behalf had no reason uh, to lie about it under oath. I don't know. I guess if you don't have anything to say about E. Jean Carroll, we can move along from that. It, I, I don't think – I mean as I said to you, when the verdict came down, I screenshotted the the news alert – and I said, countdown to the ABC News Washington Post poll that uh, shows that he gets a 3 to 5% bump in the polls uh, with the Republicans aligning behind him even more as a result of this. And, uh, and then you sent along an article where Tommy Tuberville said it makes me want to support him even more. Right. The, the senator from Alabama decided that Trump being found civilly liable for a sexual assault and for defamation – uh, makes him want to vote for Donald Trump yet again. Right. It seems it, like Trump is in this position to where any sort of attempt to hold him to account for anything is a boon to his like political uh, future. Like it's just like, oh, they're coming after me. Support me. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. But like, yeah, I'm sure whenever the next uh, poll comes out, he'll either hold steady or even build on his already. Um, impressive lead in the in the GOP primary. Like it's just a very upside down kind of uh, process where it's like the worse he he's portrayed, uh, the better people receive him. It's kind of and odd. none of his opponents will take advantage of the fact that he has just been found in a in a court of law in the United States guilty 
of uh, I mean not That's... the not the criminal act of sexual assault, but civilly liable for the assault on a woman that happened in broad daylight in a in a department store in the 1990s. And the other reason that this is believable is because uh, he says out loud the fact that he would do this, right? He said right. it to Billy Bush on the tape, and they played that. And then there are other women who came forward who testified uh, to similar acts. And not one of the fucking cowards on the Republicans. I guess like Asa Hutchinson uh, sort of had something to say about it, right. and and that's about it. Why isn't Nikki Haley hammering this at every fucking opportunity? Why isn't Ron DeSantis and and uh, that coward Mike Pence and even Vivek uh, Ramaswamy? Uh, why aren't they harping on this fact? Like we can't, we can't. We're the Republican Party. We can't have this guy right. be the the stand, and and not not for any reason except for the pure naked politics of it. Right? You're not going to beat him. He's not just going to disappear. They're all acting like he's just going to drop dead. Before next November or uh, before the primary start. And then again, maybe, who knows, before the election in 2024. They're acting as though Donald Trump won't be there when the polls open in January in Iowa and New Hampshire and South Carolina. Yeah, they're at least hoping for that possibility. But the reason why no one is is jumping at this, and it's, again, it's a credit to Trump, the way he kind of sets it up to where to to come out uh, and criticize Trump for all of these things since the presidency, all of these things that, uh, that that he's gotten himself into is to align yourself with the liberals, right? So like if you were to say, hey, no matter what you may think about that liberal prosecutor in New York and the jury um, in these liberal parts of the country, it's not a good look that the, the candidate for, for office for our party is – saddled with all of these uh, issues, right? So, like, to do that is to say I am on with them. And so they can't make political hay out of all of these uh, uh, situations. And so, like, if you can't attack them... They can, Abe. They could choose to. But it would, it I mean, would, I, they could, but it'll be to their... At least in their estimation, it'll be to their political peril, right? Like, to do so, you would lose, like, oh, so you're one of them. You know, it's like... It's like it's so like easy to paint somebody as like one of them. Nikki Haley doesn't have the conservative bona fides to None be of like them no, not, not, absolutely not, in a, not. Not in a Trump environment. No, they don't have any. No, they're riding his coattail. Like they're all just you know aping his shit. You know, so it's not like they have their own lane. Other than Asa no one. Or, fine. I mean, but like that's the thing. It it is the person who is willing to at least try it who has any chance whatsoever in overcoming him. You're right. not going to beat him by just hoping he disappears. It's not going to happen. Speaking of disappearing, where's that uh, Christie guy when he was like, you know, he was kind of making the making it sound like he was actually going to consider making a run. He, you know, like a candidate like that, we're like, look, I'm not going to be president, right? But I can be like the the person, like the voice of reason person to say like, what the fuck are we doing? This is a bad idea. Let's not do this again. You know, like he could play that role and, and then, you know, he can lose in Iowa and, and, and fuck off back to ABC. Uh, like there's no – like there, there should be a role for that. But everybody – Chris like, Christie Chris, – you're right. Chris Christie is exactly the person who should be uh, getting in there and mixing it up on right. exactly this level. But uh, for whatever reason, he hasn't decided to do but that the, yet. W- again, the whatever reason is – like they would know more than we would, right? They see the – you know, like they hang around with these like uh, Republican people, uh, like the the fundraisers, the poll people, the actual voters. The sentiment likely is that it would be a tough sell in this environment, right? 
Like that, yeah, that's I don't know. Be, I, uh, I I guess I, I, I maybe I'm naive. I just I still maintain that someone who actually stands up to him and says that this is a this act was an abomination and it's not acceptable that we would nominate somebody. We'd, we'd put our name, our all of our collective names as a party behind this guy who's just been found guilty of uh, 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 raping and defaming this woman back in the 1990s. Like, we can't make him the standard bearer. We can't make him president. And also, by the way, he fucking, he just loses elections. Right. He's done nothing but lose elections for the Republican Party over and over and over again. Show me the Republican with enough spine to just... Tell the truth right. about what's happened because of Donald Trump to this party for the last eight years. Right. And and that, to me, is the person who has any chance whatsoever of helping us move on from him. Right. I think, you know, one argument that uh, somebody, one of these people in, in the GOP, could raise is just like the only person old man Biden can beat is Trump. Right. Like, this is put anybody else and we'll have a chance. Like, you know, maybe sell it that way and not get into the the weeds of like these, you know, the the DA in New York and the jury about the civil case. Just like if we run it back, we lose. That's all there is to it. Like all indicators point to if you run it back, old man versus old man, they'll go with the older man. Like just let's do something else or else we'll just have to like wait until 28, you know. Uh, and maybe some of them are just like thinking, you know what, maybe – let him lose or let him, you know, give it a shot. Uh, and if he does lose, then it'll just be a clean slate in 28 unless, you know, Trump runs again for some reason. Of course uh, he's going <laughs> to run again. If he's alive, he will run again. He will not – he's uh, – I mean, whatever. I already said it. He will not just disappear because you want him to. There's no hoping him away. You need to kill him with your uh, uh, politically, politically, right? You need to, yes. right? Politically, you need to do the deed. You need to grab your stones, Nikki Haley, and assert yourself. She doesn't have stones, as they say. The uh, debt ceiling is in the news right now. Joe Biden is flirting with this. Oh, I might have to invoke the Fourteenth Amendment. And uh, this is a brand new legal theory uh, around uh, the debt ceiling. It uh, just showed up in the last couple weeks and seems to be entirely unconstitutional. Uh, just, a, just an entirely made-up thing that respectable mainstream Democrats and, and people in the mainstream press are like, oh, oh, interesting. Maybe this is a thing that we can actually do. Right. I mean, absolutely the fuck not. It's well, not. Can okay. you, you understand this enough to explain it or at least ask a couple questions about it so I okay. can explain it? All right. So when I first heard of this, I was like, okay, usually if there are two things that are in conflict, the priority will go towards a constitutional amendment, right? Like, you know, that's usually how it works. Like, whatever law was passed, it turns out it ran afoul of something in the Constitution, and therefore it is unconstitutional. And, and so the argument that's being made here is that, on one hand, the Constitution in the 14th Amendment, it states that your, uh, what is it, uh, the full faith and credit of whatever cannot be in dispute or whatever. Like basically, you got to basically pay your debts. Uh, and right. And you have this mechanism of having to constantly raise the debt ceiling uh, for money that you've already committed to spending um, or suspending it, I guess. I didn't know you could suspend it because that's what they've done uh, during the Trump years, right? They didn't actually raise it. They just suspended it. So like this gimmicky law 
runs afoul of a which component goes back, of the which 14th goes back, Amendment. Uh, well, way beyond the 14th Amendment, which was one of the ones that was passed in the wake of the Civil War. But like we used to have to vote. The Congress used to have to vote every time they like to float. They, they would float new bonds. They would vote on every new bond that got floated by the United States Treasury. Right. It was their job. Right. The job of the United States Congress is to uh, tax and spend. It's, it's right there in the Constitution in Article One. It's it it is strictly their domain. It's it, it, the president uh, gets to enforce the laws. And that's pretty much it. Right. He gets to run the federal administrations uh, and enforce laws. He has no ability to spend money without authorization by Congress. It is uh, clear as day. But these people have read into the 14th Amendment this new authority, apparently, that's just been invented that the president can just be like, ah, no, because it says there in the 14th Amendment that – uh, the debt of the United States will not be questioned, right? The, the, right? We will always pay our debts because it says that in the 14th Amendment. Now, all of a sudden, that, that, that power accrues to the president? It doesn't say that the president has to make sure that the, that the debts are paid, right? It doesn't, it doesn't change the relationship between the tax and spend power right. that is established in Article I of the Constitution and reassign it. To the executive branch, right. it's just entirely made up well, and perfect. But okay, so remember, um, I think that no one is talking about this anymore. But remember, for like a very brief period of time, there was that goofy "let's come up with a coin worth an, an ungodly amount of money" and and right. that mint mint the trillion dollar right. coin. Thing, mint, yeah, yeah. That, that was a remarkably stupid. I mean, it's gimmicky, which I generally like, but a, a remarkably stupid uh, uh, proposal, right? Uh, and then when this uh, new suggestion of like, hey, the Fourteenth Amendment says we don't have to blah blah blah. Uh, I think like just give that a go, like because w what you're facing. Let's let's say neither uh, side comes to an agreement, right? The Republicans uh, with their uh, the bill that they passed, and then the, the White House and the Senate uh, Democrats are saying we can't come to an agreement, right? And so the Treasury says sometime in early June. We also, run out of money. Uh, man, the Democrats have really fucked this up, in my opinion. Uh, Kevin McCarthy has actually passed something, right, and uh, and shown a willingness to at least uh, have a conversation about uh, what sort of trade offs he can he can get from the Democrats to make this happen. This is the nature of divided government. Right. You have power on the one hand; they have power on the other hand, and you have to work together. Uh, to make things work. And it's is it sort of a game of chicken? Uh, to an extent. But do you have any doubt whatsoever who's more willing to drive headlong into a concrete wall at 100 miles an hour? Right. Uh, it's the Republicans. Right. That's sort of their game right now. Right. So you do, in fact, have to negotiate I, with them. I, I think the, the the one thing that the Democrats can – and maybe they'll wait until, you know, it become, you know like Labor, you know, Labor Day, uh, Memorial Day weekend or something, you know, basically when it's like near June – uh, the one thing that they can come up with is that we will agree to these terms if we also add to the agreement the debt ceiling is gone after right. this. We're not doing this again because what, what, what's happening now is like you, you're going to incentivize future hostage taking. You can't have it to where this – like a previous Congress – authorized to spend this money, right? This was already – votes happened. If you weren't happy that your side didn't have enough votes to block it, you have to live with that, right? These were already decided upon 
uh, uh, bills, right? That became law. Right. It was signed, right? And now you're saying we have the leverage. We are the more irresponsible side, and so we're going to hold it hostage for this. And that's fine. Okay, all right, you can play that role, but we'll accept these terms or maybe a modification of whatever, but the debt ceiling has to go. We can't, this is a, the dumbest fucking law that exists. What is the point of having the law passed when it was passed? If you're, it's going to be undermined a year or two down the road and a different Congress can say, we don't like it. And we're going to sit there and just crash the economy. It, it's chaos. It's like a very right. chaotic system. You, you cannot continue doing this. And if they don't agree on that, then take your chances with this goofy, 14th amendment thing right at least we'll just say like right so why so then if and that's a perfectly reasonable plan in my opinion why didn't they do that with the last budget or appropriations bill why didn't they say if we're if we're going to work together to pass the president's budget and we're going to get uh if if we're going to get this out of a republican house right we will have given you certain concessions along the way to make uh, the republicans happy you will have given us certain concessions so that we can pass it through uh, the the Senate in reconciliation or what have you? Uh, why didn't they do it then? Why didn't they say any any budgetary or appropriations bill uh, cannot come into conflict with the debt ceiling? That by virtue of passing this money, you automatically have to pay it. And that like why why didn't right. they do it yeah, six months ago? Yeah. Is the question? They should have done that. You should have gotten ahead of it. Uh, I mean, the whole thing is 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 just cynical because. Not everybody that's in this Congress was in the, the Congress that uh, when President Trump was in office, but no issues then, right? Like this right. is just totally – let's t- try to take advantage of the situation. If the whole system crashes, we can blame it on on Biden, right? Like that, It's like a, a totally irresponsible approach. At least it's like you didn't have the votes then, and you're trying to hold hostage. You have barely, barely a majority in one chamber of Congress, and you are going, you have enough authority to just ruin everything. It, it, to me, it is, it, it's creating a very disruptive system. If they just said, "All right, we'll just agree," like to undo some of the things that were passed in the previous Congress, that I think that needs to be preserved. It's like we just can't just be like, "All right, fine, we'll give it up." Like it, it can't be that way. But if you came to an agreement to where like. We'll do some of these uh, things. We're not going to cut some of the stuff that you want, but like we'll cut some other things. But we can't do this again. This has to be the end of the road because it is just a disastrous way to go about. Right, but Bi- does Biden have does Biden have any incentive besides not driving the economy off a cliff, which obviously would be bad for him? Does he have any real incentive to? Is is there any way for him to come out of this looking? less than like the powerful getter dunner of things right right does whatever he has to give them in order for this to work just make him look like a, a diminished or reduced yeah, i think uh, i think that yeah that that is a concern that's why i think it is plausible that they do pursue this the 14th amendment basically were a fork in the road we either adhere to the debt ceiling okay, or we but they adhere would to lose. the 14th amendment that would go that would go they to the supreme but that would won't. go to the supreme court and the uh, conservatives on the supreme court at at worst it would right. be 6 to 3 yes. it would probably be more like 7 or 8 uh, you might get I, I one of the I goofy don't th- no, liberals no no i don't think i think it would be like a like a 6 3 
kind of thing. No, We're trying to go- I disagree. I don't think that you can. You cannot just pundit your way into a, an imaginary new executive no, but, power. But what I'm saying okay, in the so, 14th so, Amendment for the well, executive, it's just completely right. made up. And like to see, I mean, I'm sorry to always pick on Jamel Bowie, but right. to see Jamel Bowie, an historian right. who takes this shit seriously, and he and he, he's like raising his eyebrows, like, oh, oh, there might be something here. This 14th Amendment, after all, like, no, man, they just made that shit up last right. week. What I'm saying is, you, but politically, you can make the argument. They try to crash the economy. I said no. The Supreme Court said yes, right? Like, because basically there's going to be a political fallout. Like, let's say this game of chicken goes and, 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 and Biden's calculation is like caving is not an option, right? That's off the table, right? That, caving, that would, would, caving would be an option if he wasn't running for fucking president like he's pretending to do in 2024. Right. No, but right? even then it would be caving because then they would have – I mean th- that's actually uh, uh, like w- what the, uh, Trump was saying. It's like he said like the, the Republicans need to stick to it because the, the Democrats will, will cave. Like it would be political disaster to cave. The alternative is like if, if this whole thing is going to come crashing down – let the onus be like these fucking crazy people in the House and the, the Supreme Court forced my – nobody's going to lick into the 14th Amendment, right? So the argument will be the Supreme Court decided let the system crash, right? That's going to be – I mean I think of all of the bad options, that's I think probably politically for Biden the least bad option because other than that, what are you going to do, right? So like if you if you said I'm, we're going to continue to fund the, the, the government and – you know. Let's see what the Supreme Court says. And then they'll make their determination, and the news will be the Supreme Court said, blah, blah, blah. Now Biden signed a a bill undoing half of the things that he did in his previous Congress. I don't don't know what – prostrating yourself before the evil Supreme Court. Like what – I don't know what like playing the victim to a conservative Supreme Court, which by the way – it would be nine nothing. Like I, I mean, maybe eight to one. You say no, it would be six I to three. I think it, it, six three. It, there's no way it's going to be a, a, a route. Somebody they're going to make some cockamamie argument that says this 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 debt ceiling thing is a ridiculous concept. It's like a, a preposterous concept that you're okay. But the Supreme Court backward. is uh, right. They just have to read the Constitution. It's not. It's not even a complicated question. It's something that you could have figured out with your average seventh grade constitutional, like your 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 history class in seventh grade. Like right. it's not. I don't, whatever. Right. But what I'm saying is, setting aside the fourth, the the, the debt ceiling is a absurd concept. These. The money that you're spending now that's putting you over the top is money that the Congress authorized. Right. Why I'm is not that? Saying it's, I'm not right? saying so that, it's that's, not a that's ridiculous that's concept. That's why it's not going to be a unanimous thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, yes, they would lose, but it's not going to be 9-0. It's going to be politically split, and he will have political cover, and he can make that argument. I think if they're trying to play that game of chicken, he will take that approach because anything else would be just total surrender. Like it, it is a very uh, – it just doesn't make any sense politically to do anything else. Like why would you just cave? It doesn't make any sense. I mean they kind of tried something like this with, with Obama uh, like 12 years ago and uh, the, what was it? The credit rating was lowered and they, were, they made a big stink of it for a little bit. But like these things have happened before where they're trying to like apply pressure um, and it doesn't – like as long as you don't cave, you can survive. The, I mean you know, but, uh, Obama the next year – he won re-election. So, like, just 
kept, you know, just saying, oh, whatever they say, they got me by the balls, I have to accept it. That's ridiculous. Like, if you want to make any 14th Amendment cockamamie argument, that's preferable to this nonsense. Yeah, I don't know that it, it, ha- it doesn't have to be a they got me by the balls thing. He's the president it is? of the I mean, United- how, you know, Okay, Bob, think about it. If, if, they, if he agreed to this, what is the story? <laughs> he caved. Like, what, what other story is there? He caved. That's the headline. That's the we story. We worked something. I mean, he, why we not? We didn't work anything he, out. He, how, did he sell him, how did he sell himself as the president, right? Right. He sold himself as in, in 2019, 2020. He said, right. I am the guy who can get in a room and bash right. heads together and, right. and, and make enemies into friends and actually right. get stuff done. And right. he's not been that sort of a president, obviously, right. up until this point. But yeah. And, I mean, you do need, like, partners in this, right? I mean, it's a stupid thing to say because you don't have those partners. He knew that going in, right? So, like, it's a stupid thing to right. say. So, I also don't think that it's fair to say that, that Kevin McCarthy's uh, proposal that passed out of the House was entirely ridiculous or or an, un, an untenable thing. Are there things in there that look like poison pills to Democrats? Of course right. there are. But then you turn around and you get them out of there and you get like there's no reason that you can't give Kevin McCarthy half of a win because he clawed back five hundred billion dollars in unspent COVID money or something like that, right? Like there's right. there's there are there are paths here that can be achieved. I mean, I, I know that what I'm asking for, right. <laughs> you're shaking your head, right. is to negotiate with people who have shown themselves to be terrorists for the right. last few years, and then maybe that just makes me look like an idiot. But you have to present what your plan plan is publicly rather than just say, well, we don't negotiate. We're having a conversation because ultimately it is a negotiation. You can say it's not a negotiation right. all you want, but you're right. not just going to get what the fuck you want without right. any negative consequences. So if you are this person who can uh, bridge gaps in, in, in uh, politi- between political ideologies, then fucking act like it and put something up on the table that would give something to the other side that then they have to go defend and say, no, we can't abide this because it doesn't take $500 billion away from Medicaid or something like that, right? right. Like make, right. make them make the make, – put them on the defensive by actually putting something on the table and they have chosen not to do that. Right. I, I, I think the, the strategy is like they're going to continue this. They're hostage-shaking. We're not going to deal with them. I think that's what they're going to stick with because anything else politically politically is going to be seen as capitulation, and I don't think they want that to happen. Uh, let's see. Fucking George Santos got arrested. Oh, yeah, that's right. Nobody cares. Tucker Carlson is going to try to start a... Like a Twitter thing? A show on Twitter.com. How's that going to work? I don't know. Uh, He's going to try to get out of his contract at Fox. He's got effectively, he's got a non-compete. They have to keep paying him his money as long as he doesn't work somewhere else or something along those lines. is, Is that rule, I mean, I guess it is, but like, if I'm like, I'm, I'm the one fired. I was... You know, you, you pay me for my services and I was willing to provide them and you told me to fuck off and I fucked off. And now, like, shouldn't there be something in the in the contract that says, like, if you get rid of me, then it should be easier for me to move on? Because if I just right. volunteer— but then it becomes a question of do we really want to go to court and talk about why you got rid of me and have right. to do all of this in public yeah. again and all yeah. of that sort of thing? Yeah, so, so it becomes maybe, a question of does yeah. Tucker have anything on Fox that could make Fox— terribly uncomfortable to have to go into court or does fox sort of hold all of the cards here in that regard now uh uh, 
you know, if Tucker is listening, uh, I'm not going to watch your Twitter show, but I would rather not watch your show on YouTube. Like, fucking Twitter is garbage for video stuff. Just why can't you just have a channel on YouTube like a normal person? What is this Twitter thing? Twitter is like is, a terrible product for video. It, it's weird to imagine, like, going to Twitter to watch an hour-long anything. Right, right? Like, it's yeah. just not the nature of the app. The app is for picking up and getting screenshot-sized things thrown into your face and then scrolling to the next one. Like you said, it's not the sort of... It's not, not YouTube. Are you surprised that he didn't go with Rumble, or is that, like, too lower profile? Everybody knows Twitter, like, or is it... I don't know. Think- I'm a little surprised. Apparently, Newsmax offered him the opportunity to, like, rebrand their whole network around him. Like, just, just make it the fucking Tucker channel. Right, but, like, and- what is their footprint? Like, do you... I mean, is YouTube TV... Does, do, do they... Do they carry Newsmax? I no, mean, we don't get be... Newsmax on YouTube, okay. I don't think. So, yeah, so, like, who? how can you, like, if I, it's like, oh, I got to I gotta go wherever Tucker's going, like, uh, how would I go about watching him if he went on Newsmax? Like, Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, at the same time, though, how many millions of people do you need to have watching you on your network program or on your cable show if, in fact, your reach is because of your ability to get clips of yourself put up on Twitter, right? Like, to some extent, it didn't matter the 3 million people who watched uh, Tucker on Fox News. The same 3 million people could follow him to YouTube or could follow him to his Twitter videos. The question is whether or not his clips have a meaningful impact on the rest of the news cycle. It wasn't the 3 million people who made Tucker a star at Fox. It was the... 20 million people in the rest of the news media consuming ecosystem that made Tucker a star. They made him a central point in the the news cycle every single fucking week. It's the same thing with Trump. That it's not the people who watch his rally or go to his rallies or follow him on Truth Social that make him make a meaningful difference to Donald Trump. It's the fact that they can't stop talking about him 24 hours a day on Twitter, on MSNBC, and on CNN. That that's true, and and, and also all of the like uh, comedy type shows. Like, how many times has Tucker been on the? Oliver show or Colbert or like, you know, like snip in a clip of like him right. saying something, you know, so like so many get people- a load of the latest shit Tucker said, get right. a load of the latest shit Trump said. It's the right. same thing. They need their enemy. And right. as long as Tucker is continuing to produce content that allows them to make an enemy out of him, then like it, it's, it becomes, can they quit Tucker? Can, can the rest of the media quit Tucker? Not right. how many people are watching him the first time it airs. Also, what a, Dope. I thought higher of uh, Tucker a couple of years ago than he does of himself. I had you aspiring to be running for president, and you got some stupid fucking show on Twitter. This is, this is what you aspire to. You come on, aim higher, Tucker. The president. His uh, Twitter. I'm going to be on Twitter announcement video is very dispiriting to me for a number of reasons, but mostly because of the continued insistence of so much of our uh, chattering class that all of our institutions are completely fucking bankrupt like that's sort of his whole thing is uh, you might they might be telling you what are what is technically factually true but you know in your bones is a is a misleading piece of propaganda that's trying to lead you in the wrong direction even though they can defend it even though it's technically true and you, they can do their little fact checks Ultimately, what they're trying to do is destroy you. And people are like wildly susceptible to that shit. And it's very depressing to me. The formidable uh, they. People are always worried about this they. 
They, they, they. Yeah. Do you want to talk about uh, the, the guy on the subway who was killed? Oh, man. Yeah. Did you watch the video? I caught some of it. I tried not to watch people dying, uh, but yeah. like I caught bits of it. And it seemed from what I... It is weird how the story kind of has unfolded. I haven't heard but about like, this at all, I don't think. So there was a... Were they homeless? Like uh, this person was like uh, behaving erratically. Uh, Jordan does- Jordan Neely is the gentleman's name. He's in his thirties, and he was uh, currently experiencing homelessness. Abe, don't, okay. don't call him homeless. He was an experiencer of homelessness. But wasn't he also like uh, at times he would do some sort of uh, uh, entertainment? Kind of thing where he would like do a dance or like impersonate somebody. Exclusive. Yeah, like or- fucking ten years ago, uh, he would he was a Michael Jackson impersonator. Okay, like, there a, we go. a long time ago, he was a, a Michael Jackson impersonator. People knew him at various subway stops or, or places around New York City. Right. And uh, to me, uh, when when anybody, anybody tells you that this particular busker or 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 panhandler was a beloved fixture of a particular area. <laughs> That's a ridiculous lie. These people are at best tolerated. At absolute best, you tolerate the amusement of the bum who uh, does something that that uh, entertains you rather than makes you feel threatened, right? So if the guy shows up and he's got the Michael Jackson hat and he moonwalks across the subway platform, that is much better than the implicit threat of like uh, – uh, somebody runs up to your car and cleans your windshield and then sticks right. his hand out, right? Because right. like, if you don't fucking pay him, there's right. violence in that uh, windshield cleaner, uh, ultimately. Right. Although most uh, so, of the time, there's no violence. It's just you just go on about your day. But yes, I guess the threat, I guess, is there if you're uh, inclined to think that way. But uh, oh yeah, like, would you not? Would you not give the guy a dollar? You would. You would. You I have, haven't. You, I mean, if I had a dollar, maybe. But like, I'm not obligated to give you anything, right? Uh, it's it's different in New York. <laughs> There's something different. I mean, Bob is thinking of 90s New York, right? I don't know what I'm thinking of. I just You're know that... thinking of 90s New York or, like, real city. I, I it was do fucking not... scary. Like... W- the naked cowboy, I guess, is like a, a beloved fix, a, a beloved fixture of of panhandling assholes, like the Elmo in Times Square. Oh, yes, that's that you take a picture with a yeah. beloved fixture. But like the asshole on the subway platform who's trying to get money off of you because he's doing a moonwalk ten years ago is not beloved. I'm sorry, he's just right. a, he, right. he is tolerated. But in in anyway, any event, beside uh, the point. It, a poor outcome. Like, I don't think anybody wanted this guy to die, right? I think we can be clear. Like, he died uh, from a chokehold. Like, he was being restrained oh. primarily by the— Except maybe, the, maybe Daniel Penny wanted him to die. But yeah, besides maybe. that— But, yeah. it, so, from the clips that I've seen and, like, the still images and the descriptions, it, it seemed like he was behaving erratically— uh, on the train, I think that is not in dispute, right? Like, I don't think the people that were on the train are not saying that he was just kind of minding There's his dispute business. about whether or not the individuals on the train car felt threatened in the moment. There's right, not dis- there's not dispute about whether or not he was behaving erratically and like yelling about how uh, today's a good day to die or like I'm gonna. I'll go to jail for life or something like talking about how he's he's not worried about his life in any way any longer. Uh, right. Yeah. But but I, I, I suspect and maybe uh, this is unfair on, on my part. I suspect some of that is is probably because of what happened. Right. Like so in retrospect, I wasn't like concerned because like 
the outcome of that concern is that he died. So like there's some shifting of like how they experienced it. But let's say this person and I'm in, you know, here in Atlanta on, on our uh, crappy uh, subway station, uh, subway system, Marta, uh, occasionally there are people who are just behaving in very erratic ways. They're screaming about something, not at any particular person. They're kind of walking about trying to hawk something or just trying to, you know, people are just trying to mind their own business. And then there's this one person who's kind of behaving crazy. Uh, and most people just kind of just don't pay him any mind. And so I don't know, like in this case, was it one of those things? And then this person took upon, upon themselves to like play hero or. Right. So was, not just one person, but a couple people uh, helped this one person restrain him. Right. So it wasn't just right, but one. What necessitated the restraint is what I don't like. Did was he like assaulting somebody or he, he had not yet assaulted anyone? It seemed like he was acting erratically and making people very uncomfortable. And then this one guy, his name is Daniel Penny, gets him into a, a chokehold. And then for some amount of time, the exact amount of time is in dispute. It got bandied about on Twitter with no evidence that it was 15 minutes. It doesn't seem to have been 15 minutes. It seems to have been maybe three minutes that he was in this chokehold, including an extended number of seconds, like 30 or 40 seconds, where it seemed like he had quit struggling and was still in the chokehold. Right. And this and is... I, this, go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say, it, it will be hard for uh, this... Depending, I don't know the facts. I think it would be better just to kind of let the, the system kind of process the information and, and, and trying to f figure out what happened. But if it's that, if this person was behaving erratically, but he, he wasn't posing any specific harm towards anybody, choking them out to death is – that is unnecessary force, right? Just by right, definition. Right, it's a crime. And I right. think it's like super clear – Like, and I got so depressed in a way that I haven't allowed myself to get upset about this sort of thing, reading the back and forth – about this conversation because on the one hand we've got the idiot liberals talking about how this is a, a the the crime of being black and homeless and hungry uh got jordan Neely lynched on a new york city subway like that is a ridiculous lie that, that is an absurd way of framing this conversation and then on the other hand we have the idiots who are like, finally, a brave uh, stand-up American stands up for the stands up for the rest of the people around him and does the right thing. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your point of view, in a, a Trumpian way, uh, the result here is that uh, Jordan Neely ultimately lost his life. But that's not on Daniel Penny. That's on Jordan Neely. That somehow Jordan Neely's life was forfeit because of the way that he was behaving on that subway car is not at all clear to me based on what we know nor is it clear to me that that he was lynched nor is it clear to me that this is some sort of a, a, a racial crime or or a, a crime against home that, that we don't that is our lack of it is our lack of compassion for the homeless people uh, like, this guy was fucked up he had a serious mental illness he was in and out of new york city mental institutions this is a total failure of the ability of the system to deal with somebody 
who is uh, behaving in antisocial ways over and over again for the last decade. This is a person who had assaulted multiple 60-plus-year-old people, like broken somebody's nose. Some 64-year-old, he broke their nose completely unprovoked. Uh, It's not what he did on the subway that day, right? I'm not saying that this was – that, and therefore it was acceptable for him to get choked out and killed. But like this is a person who had over and over again exhibited – signs of serious mental illness was on the list that the New York City Port Authority keeps of repeat offenders, of people to watch out for, of people who constantly behave in antisocial ways, and they fucking failed to deal with him in a way that makes sense. And now it's on this fucking Daniel Penny guy who choked him out until he was dead. And like that's not acceptable. There's it is not acceptable to live in a modern functioning society where a person uh, who's behaving somewhat erratically on a subway car and scaring people is then choked out because there's not a legitimate authority anywhere nearby to actually take care of the problem, right. both in the acute sense in terms of the, the the moment where there's not a cop around who can deal with it and in the broader picture sense where we just have absolutely no ability to deal with people whose brains don't work right. Right. I think uh, the problem with, with this case, just like with a lot of cases, is that Instead of just kind of looking at like what happened, the sequence of events, and, and determining whether or not the person was justified in the actions that they took, I think I mean that it, it would have to be something very, very uh, strong to give somebody the the claim that oh they, they were doing it in some sort of defense. You know, the sustained chokehold enough to kill. It's kind of hard to make that case if this person is just behaving erratically. That's not enough. That didn't give you license to do whatever. But right. It, it, and even if it's okay, even if Daniel Pe- Penny was correct to grab the guy and try to subdue him to stop him from hurting other people, that doesn't mean that he gets off scot-free when right. ultimately the guy ends up dead. Right. right. It's not it's not okay. Right. You cannot choke someone to death even accidentally. Right. right. So does does that mean that he should be that 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 AOC and various other New York City politicians should be calling for his immediate arrest and that uh, a failure to do so is a total miscarriage of justice? No. Let the system fucking play out. Right. Let the investigation happen. Keep your mouth goddamn shut and then and, and then see what fucking happens. And if and if no charges are brought, if the DA ultimately decides that this was a, a completely fine thing, then you can have your protests. Right. Then you can go now, on TV and make your tweets or whatever. And this and, and this uh this uh case this homicide falls under the prosecutor who was prosecuting trump right like this is the alvin bragg guy same guy he's gonna be the what concerns me is okay so in this case i am i don't think there's gonna be any problem with them making the case uh based on just the limited information that i have but you you know in um is it texas you know there was that uh blm uh person who was killed in you know, was he like an Uber driver? There was like an incident where a, a bunch of people were, were crowding this car, and there was a somebody got shot and killed. This person has since been sentenced to like twenty five years or whatever. And the governor of the state is saying, "Don't worry, I'll clean that up." Right? Like, I think because of because of a campaign largely spearheaded by Tucker Carlson, apparently. Right, but. The the problem is when you when we get to that point. I mean, already you know you have incendiary comments uh, that happen whenever the story touches on something like either racial or political. 
you, you have people making these, um, you know, either misleading statements, uh, if we're being charitable, or just incendiary comments about, like, the reasons why somebody did it. Oh, they, they lynched them, or they did this or that. I mean, that that's not helpful when you don't have evidence to support it, right? Uh, but if this were the same thing, you know, I don't know if they have any train systems in Texas, if it was in a uh, conservative state, uh, and this very same thing happened, it would be a disaster because the governor would be playing the role of we we have this person's back. You know, we'll let the system, right. the court system, you know, let's hope that the court system um, uh, uh, acquits them because they were in self-defense or some bullshit. Uh, but if they don't, don't worry, I have pardon uh, authority. I have all these other tools at my disposal and I will avail myself of those tools. Right. I think that would further corrode the system, you know, right. And it's not, it's not too dissimilar from the Kyle Rittenhouse situation, right? Right. Where you have, you had all these shithead conservatives who, uh, sainted Kyle Rittenhouse, despite the fact that, uh, yes, did he kill those guys in justifiable self-defense in the, in the, acute circumstances of the moment yes i actually believe that he did i further believe that he shouldn't have been anywhere fucking near there with a goddamn assault weapon he had no business being there whatsoever he did something profoundly morally wrong by showing up and that ultimately led to the deaths of of multiple people and like that i mean to to suggest that he's legally necessarily i don't know but like that's on his fucking soul to the extent that we can imagine that he has one and 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 to elevate these people and, and like for the conservatives to elevate Daniel Penny as some sort of a fucking hero strikes me as particularly gross as well. Right. But also not uh, not surprising. Like this is how it's kind of becoming where like one side will take one approach. You know, they'll dress up the person who was killed. They shouldn't have been killed. You don't have to dress up the circum, you know, like what they were doing before or what ha- like they don't deserve to die. That That's the argument. That's the end of the argument. Like all the other stuff is just besides the point. Um and, and 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 then you have the other side saying, well, we'll support him reflexively because he's, you know, doing the right thing, whatever the fuck that means. There was a lot of this coming from sort of lefty or mainstream Twitter, like the, the sanctimony of people talking about the homeless and the like as though Jordan Neely was executed because he made people uncomfortable. He made white people uncomfortable and therefore he was executed as a black man in America. We should have to that, and then the lecturing, the 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 sanctimonious lecturing about how it, it is just your uh, white privilege that lets you imagine that you shouldn't be made to feel uncomfortable. Like, no, fuck that. This represents the breakdown of society. If you have mentally ill homeless people running around scaring the shit out of people and assaulting people, by the way, but even if it is just making you uncomfortable, that's not a sign that the person who's made uncomfortable is in the wrong. Right. Why should that be the world that we fucking live in? And right. it's ins- and by the way, uh, you're a liar. If you're if you, if you you pretend that like oh you see a fucking crazy person walk by you on the subway, you're not afraid of that. You're person? unnerved at the very least. Yeah, it sounds like. You know. Well, also like you would be an idiot to not be afraid of that person. Right. You'd right. be a, a complete. You'd have no sense of self-preservation. It is instinctual. It is, it's evolutionary. When you see a threatening person walking from across the street, you quicken your pace or you're an idiot. It doesn't make you a bad person. I'm sorry. Well, I, I don't even think you have to be threatening. I think just like just the er- erratic behavior where it's not directed in any way, like this could eventually be directed. You know, there's just like let's just 
be at some safe distance. Like nothing is happening now, but this person is not behaving in a conventional way. And some of that erratic energy may come my way, you know? So like you're constantly aware um, and you just try to, I mean, on a subway, you can't just like go across the street. You're just kind of stuck, you know, until you, you get to your destination. Uh, right. You know, there, there were a couple of uh, people that were, that were trying to liken this to that Bernie Getz situation from like 30 years ago. Remember the this guy, he shoots, I think there were like four people uh, he shot at. I think they all survived. But there, it was a big thing because like, I, I guess robberies at subways in New York were a big thing. There was a lot of just incidents. Um, and this person was kind of like made a, a hero by some. Like I don't think back then it was like conservative liberal uh but it was it, there was a dynamic, uh, and I think he was acquitted of the main stuff. He got like charged on like carrying a weapon or something. But do you see any connection to that to this? I don't think there was because nothing was happening to the person who was choking the homeless guy, right? In this case, this was like a different uh, set of circumstances. I don't know. I don't know the details of the Bernie Getz thing. I just pulled oh, it up here. Okay. Yeah, but it was like a big like. Uh, you know, a big thing like in, in this. Well, I imagine it was. A, I've heard the. I, I've heard the name a thousand times, yeah. and certainly in the last week, I've heard it over and over again as well. I just don't. I, I wasn't familiar with the details of the right. case. I don't know. It's uh, again this this whole Jordan Neely thing just got me extremely bummed out about the state of things because I, I I saw no reason for it on its face. I mean, inevitably, of course, everything becomes the stupid back and forth. But like, I, there's no reason for it on its face. For this to be your typical partisan divide, and for it to become a, a, a situation of, of moral hectoring or, or moral lecturing from one side or from both sides uh, at each other. But w- uh, one person being black and the other person being white elevated this. Like if they were both black or if they were both white, it would have been like local news. Maybe it would have right. percolated up to state news, but it wouldn't have made a big, big big dent and it, it it'll la- the problem with these sorts of conversations uh, allowing them to happen at the stupid level that they happen at is that it doesn't no one is ever held to account for the failures of the institutions and, and the system that actually allow this sort of thing to happen right like it's it i don't know i don't know what the solution is but like it is incredibly convincing to right-wingers to say we should put crazy people in jail and uh, the left's response to that is no, we shouldn't. Like, right. okay, then what should we do with the fucking crazy people? Like, right. give us something. You have to. You have to. There, there, there's absolutely no interest whatsoever from the left of because whenever we talk about mental illness, the Republicans are always like, okay, uh, mental illness. Let's put the crazy people in jail. And of course, the liberals are like, no, jail is bad. And I agree, actually. Right. I think jail is a terrible place. Yes for non-crazy people and an especially terrible place for crazy people. But, like, what the fuck are we going to do? And right. the, the liberals have seemed to offer basically no solutions. You hear a very little bit uh, conversation about, like, involuntary, uh, bringing back the sort of involuntary commitment stuff right. uh, and, and empowering uh, local social services outfits to force people to stay committed and and to spend the money to keep them in psychiatric wards and hospitals until they're actually better. Not like uh, as happened in New York with this guy. Well, you're going to spend a week here. And then after that, you're allowed to check yourself out on your own recognizance, uh, which obviously didn't work for Jordan Neely. Right. You know, uh, the the other thing that uh, jail is, is is it's fairly expensive. You know, like you you can, if you're going to spend 
you know, if, if the conservatives are saying, like, let's uh, put them in jail, I mean, it costs a lot of money to put people in jail. Like, it's not like just some right. easy kind of fix. But on, 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 on the Democrat liberal side, just frame it as a public health, public safety issue and, 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 and trying to find a way to provide housing somewhere, you know, temporary, you know, however much money it will cost. You need to figure out a way to provide housing away from these concentrated areas in the city where people are just kind of camped there. Again, it creates a public health issue uh, in, on the subways because they have no other place to go, especially when it's cold. Right. I'm it's sorry. A public being, safety issue. being homeless or being a person experiencing houselessness or however they want to uh, gussy it up is not an acceptable way to live in America. Right. Right. Should be the default position yes. of everyone, right? right? And at the instead, it's level just the default. Yeah. It's, right, but it's levels. not. Liberals are like, no, fucking leave them alone. They're choosing. No, they're I don't choosing think they're their... saying that. I think it just makes people uncomfortable to like pursue some of the solutions you need, and so you're just kind of try to avoid the issue, right? I don't think they're saying like right because they don't actually offer any alternative. They, their big thing is like, oh, social work. Like, what do you mean social right. work? These yeah. people are choosing to be homeless because they're crazy and because they can't hold down a job. Like, we need some other institution to be created or some other plan for these people that. Is not just that doesn't just allow Republicans to bang the drum on put them in fucking jail, right? right? Because ultimately, if it if the when the problem gets bad enough, you're going to default to the only people who are actually offering a plan, right. even if it is round them all up and throw them in jail. Right. And that will happen. Right. It works in cycles. It, right. It's just how it works. It it happened in New York 30 years ago, and it will happen again. Right. It, it is it is uh, a very reliable uh, phenomenon where. where if you let a problem fester, like the worst ideas will bubble to the surface and that's what you, people will go with. Like, all right, fine, let's just do this thing. And it's like a terrible thing. And then like 10 years later, somebody writes an article like, oh man, that was a terrible thing. Right. And no, no. It's, I mean, and big, great big institutional state-run psychiatry got a very bad name right. in this country for generations, for yeah. very good reasons, yeah. right? Because things got fucking out of hand and right. they're like, ah, oh, lobotomies, everybody. Yeah. Lobotomies. Enemies for everybody, right. uh, but but like there's got there, surely there's got to be a middle ground there, and right. we can come back with a little bit of uh, state-run mental health stuff that actually solves some problems. I don't know. I mean, at the very least, you know, if you can't solve the long-term problems, because yeah, mental health and all all these other things. Uh, but like, at least if you if just try to improve where people are sleeping. I mean, people sleeping on the street, people are doing drug, just doing whatever. Out in the open, just at least trying to kind of create an environment where they can kind of gather themselves, have a, a safe place to stay, uh, and then, then you know, you can have the the social service uh, 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 people. Right, but also, if like you just have to come out and say living on the street is not acceptable. Like yes. we, we, it is simply yeah. not okay. Right. Like I'm, if you don't want to participate in society, fine. You're gonna have to go live in this mental health facility because we're going to assume that you are not like like to some extent. The society has to stand up for itself, right? right. I mean, that sounds crazy. I'm living in Charlottesville. We don't have a major homeless problem in this city. It's not exactly my problem, but like to pretend like it's just fine for San Francisco to have endless uh, homeless people over in Los Angeles and New York City to have homeless people fucking everywhere because that's how they want to be. The liberal 
response to that is just let them live how they want to live. Nobody should want to live that way. It right. suggests something is wrong with them, that society is failing them in a meaningful way. Right. What do you know about the No Labels Party? Uh, very little. Is this like one of those like forward, uh, like uh, let's do some right. bullshit? Sort thing? of like a forward type party started by Andrew Yang. They've, they've gotten a big pile of money. Uh, they're threatening, essentially, at this point, to run a third-party candidacy. Uh, you can imagine the sorts of people who would be involved in that, like a Joe Manchin or a Kristen Cinema, or even an Andrew Yang type. Maybe they, they join up with the forward party, something along those lines. This is being talked about by sort of the mainstream outlets. Uh, Jamel Bowie, for example, has talked about how the No Labels Party is just a cynical attempt uh, or an inevitable road to uh, Donald Trump, that that anybody who would put themselves forward as an alternative to the Republicans or the Democrats would, in the current political reality, be taking mostly people away from the Democratic nominee, disaffected Republicans who just can't – or like never Trumpers who would vote for uh, uh, Joe Biden. Somebody like me is probably a good example of someone who might find himself in a situation where I cannot vote for Joe goddamn Biden and I'm certainly not going to vote for Donald Trump. So maybe I would vote third party uh, and that, that would inevitably hand the uh, presidency to Donald Trump again. That is what a certain number of people believe about the No Labels Party. And it's an understandable way of looking at it. But my question is, what in the world are we to do? What is the rational response to two parties that are producing such unacceptable leaders at the top? Donald Trump is fundamentally unacceptable to some 60% of Americans, to nearly that percent of voting Americans, right? Like, just, just completely unacceptable. Saw another round of polls this week about how Joe Biden uh, should not run for president. Uh, Democrats don't, like, 36% of Democrats want Joe Biden to run for president again, right? Like, nobody wants Joe Biden to be the president again right. in, in three years. What is... What 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 is a system to do if, in fact, these two parties have such a stranglehold on the top that any challenge to them is uh, by default seen as an unacceptable boon to one side or the other? Right. That uh, by by failing to vote for the the one that you see as the lesser evil, uh, you are effectively giving your vote to the greater evil. Uh, what else are we supposed to do? And I'm I'm. I'm Posing it as an open question. So, so the the system that we currently have, you know, this first past the post, like it, it by necessity creates a two party system, right? Like because you need to find enough common causes, like with enough people to get to like fifty one percent, right? Like you. Like, okay, we're going to have a much broader party, like the Democratic By the way, Party. A, a, two, a, a two party system yeah. that used to encompass. Uh, that, that that was not sorted ideologically, right? It it does not necessarily result right. in purely ideologically sorted parties. It just does, in fact, default to a two party system. Right. It happens that in the last thirty years or so, we have had the full ideological sort, uh, uh, partially. Uh, you can you can just look at it in terms of uh, uh, the pro life versus pro choice issue. Once upon a time in America, there was such a thing as 
pro-life Democrats, and there was such a thing as pro-choice Republicans. There weren't any single issue that you could point to that you could then say, oh, because I know exactly how you feel about this one particular thing, I know 99% of the rest of your political opinions. That's not how things used to work. Right. So I agree with you right. that first past the post guarantees you uh, a, a thriving two-party system, but it doesn't necessarily result in the sort of ideological sort that we find ourselves in Right, but uh, there was today. always some some uh, something that, that drove the difference, you know, like whether it was geographic or the type, you know, of like uh, industry, like there, there, there were sure, different it was, it's, You know what it was? It, it's vaguely conservative versus vaguely right. liberal, right? It's right. sort of... Uh, I'm in favor of of a, a strong federal government that has a big hand in the in the social safety net, right. as opposed to the Republicans who don't right. believe that. Right. That those were the sort of big vague terms with which we understood the way that the Democrats and the Republicans separated themselves. Right. And 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 the in, in political science circles they would kind of characterize it as like political party systems, and there's been about like six different political party systems. In the U.S. and there may be one now where it's kind of realigning because of this Trump phenomenon. But because right now it's not even like I mean conservatives are not really conservative. Like hey, break you know destroy the whole thing. Let's you know uh, uh, raid the Capitol. Let's you know default. You know nothing conservative about any of those things. It's more like it's almost kind of tribal now. Like it's almost like approaching something like tribal. Uh, but it's it's been some variation of it. But anyways, going back to the. Uh, first past the post. If you had uh, Republicans, Democrats, uh, no label, forward party, and Green Party, you had like five parties, and you know everybody's getting like you know the top, uh, the most concentrated, strongest party has like thirty-two percent, and everybody else has something less than that to get to like a hundred percent, right? Like twenty-five is the next, eighteen is the next, blah blah blah. The thirty-two percent, let's say they were like a very vocal, strong. Just batshit crazy, 32%, they will always win. And the other people who are at 25% and 18% are going to say, what the fuck? Like, we have more in common than these dopes, right? Let's right. let's coalesce around something, and we'll go over the top, and we'll be the thing. And then back and forth, back and forth, and before you know it, you have two major parties. And the reason why it exists is because it's necessarily – it has to exist because if you break up, like, you know, like this no label, it's not going to siphon off in equal measure from the Republicans and Democrats. That's why they say people are worried that it's going to give uh, uh, the election to one side because it's going to siphon off depending on who's pushing this. You know, uh, if it's like slightly liberal uh, third party, it's going to siphon off more liberal votes. If it's a slightly conservative third party, it's going to siphon off a little more conservative party, and it's going to harm the major party. Uh, and so the current system, you can't have no labels, right? You can't have forward party. What they should be pursuing is ranked choice voting to where you can preserve kind of like as a safety net the major party vote, like that will be your second vote, but your first vote can go to whomever. And maybe – it will show enough interest in these other parties to, to make it viable or to make the major party shift in their platform to say we're losing too many votes to these bums. And so let's try to moderate our positions to get a bigger tent. You know, so like they should be pursuing changing the system, not like yet another party. Like what is the point of that? It's a it's a it's an exercise in just vanity. Like what is the point of no labor? Sure, what but is surely we understand the 
situation here is Trump is unacceptable, and a number of people find Biden to be also unacceptable, if right. only because he's a clearly decrepit and senile old man. Right. That is true. Be- that is true. Both of those things are true. One of them is going to be president. No label party is not winning presidency. There's zero percent chance. Of, right. I mean, they know that. Right. There's no scenario, none, where the no label candidate is going to be president. So what are we talking okay, about? But then does the does the possibility of a viable third party threat from I don't know fucking uh, Mitt Romney Kirsten Cinema tag team like a, a Romney uh, insert Democrat here uh, a mansion a mansion Romney ticket right. uh, utterly uh, fanciful and imaginable and, and obviously not going to happen. But it, is the threat of that enough to say because look look. Sorry, Joe Biden, you're not acceptable as right. a president to right. uh, mil- any number of millions of Americans. You're not popular within your own party. You have this tiny little uh, approval rating, historically low approval rating. Yes. All the polls suggest that the Democrats don't want you to run. Right. Uh, and if you uh, insist on running, uh, we are going to run a, a, a viable third party that will siphon off 15% of your vote and, uh, in, in, in Ross Perot style, and you'll be fucked. And right. you'll just hand the presidency to Donald Trump. Uh, or you can step down, and you can let the Democrats uh, fight out for, for literally anyone else. Gavin so, Newsom and Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg, whatever. Figure it out. Yet another hostage-taking tactic. Like, we're going to blow up the presidency if you don't do what we want to do. Like, I mean, again, there are more constructive ways to achieve what you want to do other than just this do this or we'll fuck it up for everybody, right? Like, I mean, and, and then you hope that Biden is a more responsible person in the room to say, like, I don't want that, so I'll just fuck off, right? So Cinema and uh, Romney wins? Like, I mean, and they're not going to win. Again, like— No, of course they're not no, going to no, win. No matter what, like, Trump has 35%. No matter what, the sky could fall, he'll get 35, right? If, if you put any other party in that's, like, moderate in any way— a Biden or even like a Bernie or uh, let's say if you sub. I don't know. Here's the thing. Else. Here's what it comes down to for me. I know it was a different situation. Ross Perot handed the presidency to Bill Clinton. Yes. Bill Clinton does not win in 1992, but Correct. for the involvement of Ross Perot. Right. Uh, there's no dispute yeah, about he, that. He, he was closely aligned to the conservative cause as a libertarian kind of, th- you know, like, right. He's a money guy. So he siphoned off more conservative votes than so he is did. The, is the response to that, A, uh, the world fucking end because a viable third party got in there and and uh, 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 a plurality of Americans, a mere 43%, decided that Bill Clinton was the way to go. And that's what we ended up with. And it was fine. The 90s were great. Uh, Bill Clinton presided over a time of relative peace and the economy boomed and everything was good. Uh, therefore... What do we fucking care? If a viable third party wants to show up and challenge the status quo, there's nothing fundamentally wrong with that. But except or yeah, or B, do we take from that? Uh, look what happened. Fucking Newt Gingrich, right. a mere two years later, rose to power and invented the last thirty years of of modern politics. Right. right. That, that 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 single event of allowing. Uh, uh, Ross Perot to step in and change the course of American presidential history. You kick George H.W. Bush out. Right. You replace him with uh, Bill Clinton. That leads to the Gingrich Revolution, which leads inevitably to uh, uh, George W. Bush and the war in Iraq and all of the other horrible bullshit that's happened since then. So right. uh, I don't care how you choose to interpret but, it, but, uh, but, but, but how do you? Okay. 
So if, if you focus, uh, set aside on the Democratic side benefiting from Ross Perot's entry, right? The Republican Party, like, was harmed by Ross Perot, right? And the party did not, like, moderate as a result. Oh, boy, we were, I guess, you know, to whatever, to have some third-party guy come in. Let's see what they wanted, and let's do what they wanted. They didn't do that. They just continued just doing whatever the fuck they were going to do, right? So, like, what is the hope for no labels? Let's say they siphon off, and, and I don't think they can siphon off votes from Trump, right? So... To the extent that they have an impact, it will be on the Democratic side. So what do you think the Democratic Party is going to take as a lesson from no labels? Like, oh, let's kumbaya and talk it out and let's try to have a broader uh, thing. I, I think all the frustration – why can't the frustration be channeled towards changing the system, right? I don't understand why you need another party in a system that can't host another party. Just – do ranked choice voting, change the system, and then let the parties proliferate. Let's see what happens then. But in the current system, it just won't work. I, I just all of this effort for it, it is basic math. Like it's not going to work until you change the system. There's a sizable plurality of Americans who believe that the two-party system as it currently functions is irredeemable, right? right? It's just, that's just true. So yes, and I change think, the system then. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, that, that is, that, I think you're right. I don't know what the number would be, but it, it would be pretty high, right? It would be a pretty high number. So why not change a system that guarantees a two-party system? Like, it just, it baffles me. Like, why, why would you want to preserve the system that guarantees a thing that you hate the most? Like, it, it, it's just crazy. You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Find the show on Facebook or Twitter. Head on over to brainiron.com, castironbrains.com for a show note. The opening and closing themes of our show were composed by Mark Gillig, T-E-T-R-A-M-E-R music.com for more from him. Abe. Yes. Uh, you needed Tuesday and Thursday off. Does that mean you uh, made it to the movies? <laughs> I did. Uh, not not uh, on Tuesday or uh, or Thursday, I uh, I went to go see the latest installment of Guardians of the Galaxy. We're up to number, uh, number three. three, and it has uh, gotten pretty decent reviews. Like if you look on Rotten Tomatoes and elsewhere, uh, pretty respectable score. I went um, opening night, crowded theater, the entire audience. They were eating it up. This movie, boy, they were into this movie, and and they were doing a lot of this. Uh, these cheap tricks that movies do these days where it's just nostalgia overload through music. Like the, the movie literally opens with three minutes of that uh, mopey band, uh, uh, the Radiohead, right? There was like a Radiohead song for like the whole track. They did like three minutes of it. They opened with that. Then there's like the rest of the movie is just a bunch of different versions of songs, very famous songs from like that in the 90s, you know? So it's just like, yep. oh, what is this bullshit? You're trying to goose up some sort of nostalgia or whatever i remember watching the first i'm pretty sure i saw i definitely saw the first one i'm pretty sure we watched the second one i think that they were like i think i enjoyed them like as an experience they're perfectly charming and funny movies uh but also like immediately out of my head like just doesn't oh this doesn't matter at all Right, I, 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 I will have no memory whatsoever of this movie. And, and, I imagine and, the third one is much the same. And, and, and that is the approach. So I was one of the, I guess, the only people in the theater that did not care for this movie because 
you never ever want to do this, right? So this movie, for those that don't know, it's a bunch of characters, and some of them are like not like human. There's like a tree who just says Groot a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, there is a there's a, some sort of raccoon, a raccoon, and and uh, and this is the focus of this third installment. You never ever wanna have a movie focus on the backstory of the talking raccoon and explaining <laughs> how he got to talking right so right. they go- the first one is about like the chris pratt trying yeah. to find his dad right. or something right right like something along those lines i forgot actually what the second one was about i don't it was not very memorable but uh, uh probably some more dad stuff is my guess okay but the third one it was just hilarious because it's so it's like you never want to do this so they go back in time he's just a regular raccoon and some evil scientist like does something to him and oh look at me i can talk now like i guess there's untapped potential in raccoons like i don't understand okay, so it's not like it's not uh, some sort of human or alien intelligence that's stuck inside this raccoon no, body no, it's, it's just in, some sort in of fact, weird ex- a, just yeah. a highly evolved raccoon yeah but it was uh, helped uh, by like like the most like evil like evil character like he has like all these like animals hostage and he does whatever he wants with them anyways the whole movie is just like would mr raccoon prefer to have not been genetically modified (laughs) by the evil scientist would he prefer to live his his quiet noble life uh digging through trash and eating garbage (laughs) or is he pleased with the result he did have some misgivings about how he came to be but i don't think he would go yeah he didn't go that far uh uh but yeah, the movie was just dumb. It kind of came and went. But what I wanted to uh, 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 talk about are the trailers, uh, which I try to avoid. You know, I, I try to time my bike ride from my place to the theater to where I can get, like, a drink and maybe, like, something. Like, just enough time to, like, catch, like, the last trailer and then they go into the movies, right? But I don't right. always get it just right. So sometimes I'll have to watch a couple more trailers. And over the last, like, six months to a year – there's been like a Jane Fonda vehicle with a trailer like that 80 for Brady thing. And there's another one that's right. coming out with something else. And anytime one actor uh, has a lot of movies in a short period of time, I'm thinking financial trouble, right? I mean, what else is there? Like, mm-hmm. how can you, why do you need to make so many movies? And they all look some version of mediocre. Like none of them are going to win any award, right? So it's like, what the hell's going on with Jane Fonda? Isn't she like a hundred years old? Like, why does she need to be in so many movies? It doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know. I'm going to look into it. They'll follow Did up. Did you discover like, an answer to this? Or no. You just throw I, it out I'm there? just like, enough. Another one of these fucking movies. And it's like, oh, me what, and some uh, friends are traveling somewhere and we're doing this. Is it another one of these old yeah. ladies yeah. old ladies running around the country right. kind of movies? Yeah, it's one of those movies. But there's been at least three in the last like 12 months. It's crazy. Did uh, how much did Guardians make? A big pile of money. It actually did not do as well as you know these cartoon movies do, but it was it made like over a hundred million, but not much over. No. There you go. What's on the horizon here? We're into uh, May this, now. Yeah, Shouldn't no, there but, be? I guess this was the first big May summer movie blockbuster type thing. What else is coming? It is Fast Ten Your Seatbelts or just Fast Ten, like the the, the mm. next version of of that. Um, and uh, I like that. And. The Little Mermaid or something. You know, the, even though they're like these big movies, I'm not like really excited until like maybe they get into that July window where like that Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer, yeah, those kind of movies. Come out in come, July. Yeah, yeah, I want to watch those movies. Yeah. 
But between now and then, there's like again, yeah, this uh, this Vin Diesel bullshit. Uh, this maybe I, I need to watch the first Mermaid. I haven't seen any of those, so I don't know how this story is gonna go. I mean, the Little Mermaid, the animated one, is a is a classic. Like it's absolutely worth your time. The put it's it, so good. It's okay. very very good. And Some it's a good cartoon. It's not like there. a live action thing. It's like a yeah, it's cartoon. Okay. It's fucking great. Great kids right. movie. Well, I'll, I'll watch uh, it first. This fucking remake looks like dog shit, and nobody should watch it. <laughs> it's gonna make a lot of money. It's gonna be one of those like a lot of money movies. But then there's also like another Indiana Jones thing. Like there's a lot. Yeah, of, that's where know. I'll go see that. That's for sure. I got it. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Did you just one movie this week? I I uh, I, <laughs> I I watched at home. I didn't watch any movies in the theater. I watched uh, Manchester by the Sea, which is a movie I did not get around to watching when it first came out, and that was pretty good. I mean, that guy should have been charged, you know, in the movie. People like that movie. The Casey Affleck guy, like, just drunkenly, like, negligently kills his kids, you know, by way of fire, and they just let him go, and he's just moping the whole movie. That sounds like a real fun movie you're describing. It's not particularly fun, but, like, it was a good performance. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, what did we watch? Nothing. Nothing. I you went were to... sick. I played video games both Ooh, nice. nights of the weekend. It was great. I was sick, trying to go to sleep, and, like, my stupid brain, I swear to God, I laid down at, like, 9 o'clock one night trying to go to sleep, and I just laid there thinking to myself for, like, six hours, just completely unable to fall asleep. Six hours? I don't Is know that what... even possible? Yeah. I just laying there, just turning over one side of the pillow, flipping over the oh, other side, that's seeing how that other side is doing for a while, and staying the awake. The left side is correct. Your right side's bad. <sighs> it's fucking miserable. I hate not being able to sleep. I hate being sick. And most of all, I hated having to, like, in order to make it work over through the weekend, it's like, okay, I got baseball practice, so I take some Dayquil and drink a bunch of coffee, and then, okay, I got to rest. So I. Uh, you can't take Dayquil and drink. You should listen to me when I tell you what to do when you're sick, and you don't. And then you get mad that what you did didn't work. I skipped coffee the first day I was sick. I didn't drink. He's an idiot. I didn't drink. Drink tea, you idiot. I didn't drink any coffee. And at three o'clock, I've been laying in bed most of the day trying to rest and trying to do the right thing and get better. Like out of nowhere. I had a completely debilitating, like the worst headache I've had in forever. Did like, you take Advil for your headache? No, I did not. No, uh, no. I have a longstanding theory that if you take stuff to try to treat your sickness, <laughs> it will only extend no the sickness. <laughs> no, he thinks that. He thinks that uh. when in fact... It's the opposite, yes. because if you take stuff, you'll sleep, yeah. and sleeping is what make you make you better. Right, well, then I took cold medicine and to try to make myself sleep, and it still didn't fucking work. So I took NyQuil, and I still laid in bed until like one thirty or 2 o'clock in the morning. Whatever. You know, um, you should listen to me. When you're sick, you should say, smart, wonderful wife, what do I do? I clearly don't do this very well. Please take care of me. But instead, he first lies. For the first step is to lie about just like our daughter upstairs right now, lying, liar. Totally fine. I feel fine. Like <laughs> yeah. you are sick. Lie. First step is deny. Yes. And then the second step is to act like there's the denying, the lying about it, and then there's the like, no, I can still do stuff. And then he completely forgets how to take care of himself. No, like fine. drink tea. Like you need caffeine or you'll get a headache. 
It's like, nah, I don't deserve caffeine. I'm just laying in bed. <laughs> An idiot. Yeah, maybe there's a theory where if you avail yourself of what's available, you know, like uh, it's going to weaken your system or something, just uh, take the thing, you know, and sleep. There's truth to if you have a fever, it's kind of good to let the fever do the thing the fever is supposed to do. Yeah. But he didn't have one. He just had headaches. You know what movie I did put on because it was on uh, cable while I was sitting there all miserable is I put on – uh, Men of Honor. Do you remember Men oh, of Honor? We also watched who's, A League of Their Own again. Who's in that? Men of Honor. That's, didn't Cuba Gooding like... Jr. Well, first of all, League of Their Own, yes. We watched it with the kids. We showed the kids A League of Their Own for the first time. Nice. Uh, perfectly good movie. They liked it? Yeah, they liked it. They got a kick of out of it. they liked it. It's great. I have no further... I mean, I could complain about it. It's very, like... Uh, it's fucking very Penny Marshall. Like, <laughs> it is what it is. Good movie. It's fine. Uh, anyway, back to Men of Honor, which Men of Honor, uh, Robert De Niro, Cuba Gooding Jr. It's about a, a Navy deep sea diver, the first black Navy deep sea diver. Oh. This is played by uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. One of those like, you know, uh, it's like a Jackie Robinson story, except right. he's a, a deep sea diver. And uh, Robert Downey, not Robert Downey, uh, Bobby De Niro plays the the his trainee, like uh, the guy at the Navy who's training him to become uh, a, a great deep sea diver. It's and his he, trainer, right, his trainer, he faces uh, opposition because of his race right. and the, the racism, not necessarily of Robert De Niro's character, but of uh, Robert De Niro's boss, like his admiral or whatever the however it works in the Navy. Right. It's one of these movies. That, and it sounds it, it sounds corny because it is a very corny movie. On top of everything else, it's sort of schmaltzy, uh, and it's it's probably problematic these days. I'm sure people would watch it and laugh at all of the ways that it's that it's problematic. But to me, I don't know what year that came out. 1997 or something. 1998. It was on the heels of Jerry Maguire. So yeah. Was that before or after radio? Yeah, when did I he do find... that? Cuba. Hold on, I can find out. Men of Honor, 2000. 2000. All right, so it's pretty late. So I was like 17 when I saw Men of Honor. I loved that fucking movie in the year 2000. You were a cheesy guy when you were 17. And I loved it now. And it is uh, is a ridiculous shame to me that people look at a movie like Men of Honor and only talk about it in the ways that it's like corny and uh, problematic and has some various white savior tropes or whatever. This is a movie, uh, it's a great performance by Cuba Gooding Jr., about a guy who faces impossible odds and incredible hate uh, from people who wield power over him, who have no uh, right to wield that sort of hate and power over him. And he overcomes them through sheer fucking determination and the force of his own will and his belief in uh, a fundamental justice that exists higher than the shitheads who currently wield power over him. And right. he fucking triumphs because of it, right? And it's like, it's a, uh, to me, like a profoundly moving story for me when I was 17 years old. And, it, and it's, it's like... Uh, I don't know. Uh, 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 Finding Forrester. Remember Finding Forrester? Yes. Uh, same time frame, right? Uh, you're the man now, dog. Uh, Sean Connery. It's basically goodwill hunting, except Will Hunting is a young black writer 
instead of a math whiz, and instead of Robin Williams, it's Sean Connery. Right? That's basically it's the same fucking movie. It's the same and fucking it's about writers. It's the same director. It's it's Gus, it's Gus Van Zandt again. Uh, it's the same exact fucking movie, and I love that movie. And is it corny? Does it have some sort of weird racial trope stuff in it that maybe it shouldn't anymore? Uh, I guess, but like. If I were to point to important works of art to me that actually moved the needle for me in terms of like, I mean, not even necessarily teaching me that, uh, oh, black people are people too, right? Not I didn't so need bad, to be taught the blacks, yeah. Right. I didn't need to be taught that. But like whatever those stories were trying to do, they had profoundly, powerfully positive effects on me as a young person in terms of the way that I see the world. And I don't like the way that people look down on them now these many years later. You know, don't I'm, care for it. I was looking at some still pictures and I am – I remember that I did watch this movie. For some reason, it didn't, like, leave a mark. What people are disparaging this movie you love so much? It has a 42% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Hey, not bad. Like, it's not – it was not – Okay, <laughs> but was that cur- – is that – I mean, I mean, I don't know. I didn't research. I didn't research uh, what how people are shit talking men of honor. I know, but that but it sounds like you did in twenty twenty three. Like you've been sitting here reading people shitting on men of honor all week. I just know that there are people out there (laughs) who shit on these sorts of movies, like Driving Miss Daisy. I've never seen Driving Miss Daisy. I assume it's a very corny movie about a a racist old white lady and her black driver, and they come to a certain detente, and uh, everybody grows because of it. But but isn't isn't the criticism with those kind of movies? It's like you know the the black character has to be like this unassailable. They can't just be like a human. They have to be like this unassailable, like greatest fucking navy person or some guy who's driving some old lady around. Like it, I think that's what they're getting at. But like as a movie, it works on its own. But if you take, I guess the long view, I guess I can see why people criticize it. But a good movie is a good movie. Wasn't that the problem with the people found with the Green Book? That's more recent. It's kind of like Driving Miss Daisy. Uh, where he, this guy's yes. driving like this right. racist so Green, Green guy. Book, same thing. Yeah. But like, if Green Book fucking moved people, then like, what is the goddamn yeah, problem here? Yeah. People liked Hidden Figures. Yeah, that's true. Which we still haven't seen. We should. I want to see it. Anyway, Men of Honor. It's on. It's streaming somewhere. I'm sure. Check it out. Great movie. And like, fucking silly. Like a very silly, like over the top performance by Robert. It's uh, a De Niro. very of its time. You know, right. you can feel it. By and the way, we'll see the movie. De Niro, enough with the kid, my man. You're like 80 years old. Seriously. He's <laughs> fucking, what the fuck? He's had a seventh kid now. He's like 80 years old. What are you doing, he's man? He's 80. So, like, I thought he was men can have kids, like, at any point. They could be, like, could Jimmy Carter just one last yes. go? He could. Theoretically, wow. yes. Yeah, go into that Go into that nutsack. Get a dusty <laughs> sperm out of there. <laughs> Also, who is it that's in this movie? 79 years old. I just had his seventh kid in the last uh, year. Oh, a boy. De Niro? Yeah, De Niro, Why? 79. I don't like that he has a southern accent in it. I feel like it's unnecessary. Uh, so is this, uh, was it based on a true story? Maybe like it was some like hillbilly. Yeah, yeah okay. it's based on a true well, story. You, know, you don't have to make someone have an accent <laughs> just because they did. I know, but like Robert De Niro speaking like Robert De Niro and the guy like from Mississippi would be kind of weird like <laughs> No, but like that doesn't you don't have to have that in the character. I mean Robert I De Niro's think. face being That's from yeah, Mississippi like doesn't make any goddamn sense either. Just Point cast withdrawn. someone else if you need southern. Like that's the, 
It's the same Fuck thing that. I it's have. It's part of the charm of this stupid movie that I love so much. Yeah, okay. Great fucking movie. Also, we watched Succession. Uh, this is a few days ago now. Uh, what was the big blow up in Succession? They had their... So the the, the the doofus is like oh a doofus, scars. you know, like the 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 scars, scars the art scars. guy. Like turns yeah. out, like he's uh, fudging some numbers in India. Right. So Skarsgård's character, this uh, Matson guy, turns out he's a fraud, like all the rest of the shitty men in this world are, and he's not going to save Shiv from her family, and in fact, uh, seems to be a sinking ship himself. Right. By the way, rough another rough episode for Shiv. Uh, I know I've mentioned this before, and I'm going to mention it again. How is it that the the, the spouse? I know they're divorcing, not divorcing, uh, but the, you know, at least between last episode and this episode, they were having an unreasonable amount of sex based on the text exchanges at the beginning of the episode. How is it that he is not aware? Who are you to say what is a reasonable <laughs> or unreasonable no, amount much. of sex? What are Abe? we doing here? He's Abe. T- Abe is the one who determines that. <laughs> it's way too much for, uh, for all of us. All of that back and forth. Uh, but how does he not know? I mean, I, I, how far I along is know. twenty weeks or I don't whatever? Know. Like, there's no. It's very weird. It's. I don't understand. Like, are they going to address this point at some point? Like, he he took a dig at like her being not suitable to be a mother or something because of you know during their fight. It's just like. Was that like a dig because like he knew and he's pretending he doesn't? Like I, I'm confused by that plot point. Oh, no. Yeah, it's weird that he hasn't noticed. I guess it can speak to his own self involvement uh, on the on the bright side, right? If you're as a as a writer, you can just continue to not address it and just assume that all of these people are so self involved that no one has noticed that Shiv is is halfway pregnant at but this point. Other than the that phone call with whomever the doctor or whatever like there was no other mention of her pre- right like it's the only okay so like no, she, she's still drinking no so she's like faking she's drinking like, if you yeah, go and you fake, watch it fake cocaine you watch use. it carefully yeah. she carries yeah. drinks around but she doesn't like she didn't do coke with matson right. when it looked yeah. like she was offered coke and then she didn't drink the whiskey when she was holding it in her hand is there is there an acceptable level of alcohol when you're pregnant like yes a and sip? no yeah, so you can have, like, there was a long time yeah. that they, they were completely saying, like, pregnant women should not ever drink anything at all, and that is, that seems to not necessarily be the but case. But maybe, like, as a messaging thing it is, right? Like, don't get into the weeds of, like, well, it's, you technically could, but, like, that's the same. Yeah, but then it becomes, like, a guilt thing, where, like, yeah. mom has a glass of white wine or something oh, after yes, dinner, tricky. and now she, like, yeah, fucking that's... hates herself for 10 years. Like, no, don't do that. Just... There's that. Cocaine, none. Yeah, coke. Don't do the none. cocaine. Cigarettes on, also zero level. Weed. So smoking is like cigarettes is no level. Is okay. Yeah, don't smoke. Okay. But if you know, if you're a true addict, like the stress of quitting, yeah. you know, like it's. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you gotta whatever. weigh. You know the you know see which one's worse. Yeah, it's all the things. Yeah, I have uh, up to this point thought that the idea of say tom for example like winning winning succession not that there's a way to actually win uh was ridiculous i i think after this week i i mean not that i necessarily wanted the game of like uh, uh predicting how this show is going to end except that obviously the siblings will all be miserable and and uh and failures i think tom like the the ultimate outcome of this show likely involves tom being just fine like maybe maybe even being made ceo of of waystar royco here at the end and the, with the kids going out the door uh for one reason or another 
Like, I think that that's sort of the direction that we're going in here. So you, you anticipate uh, Ken uh, face-planting somehow? Like, he's trying to, like, angle for, like, you know, one one head, one crown or whatever. Like, I'm like forget this whole co-CEO thing, three siblings thing. I'm the guy. Let's right. do what needs to be done. No, something, something will not work out yeah. for Kendall, ultimately. Yeah. I, uh, also, one other note is... The opening is with his ex-wife and talking oh, about yeah. their daughter or something along those lines. And the conversation – he ends the conversation by uh, going full Walter White. Like, do you have any idea how hard I'm working for this family, how hard I work for them? Everything I do is for my children. Yep. I don't know how you – like, I, I know that you can write whatever you want as a writer. I don't think that I could write that particular mindset into a character anymore. Like, it's become – such a fucking cliche right. uh, from Tony Soprano on through Walter White, now on through Kendall pretending that this is all for the family. Like, how can you continue to go back to that well? That's that true. now, what to me is a firmly established trope right. of the shithead, self involved, purely self interested uh, man always talking about how hard it is that he's working for his family right. uh, and that it's all for them. Like, I don't know. I, I couldn't write that anymore. I would also like to know if we have ever seen these characters put food in their mouths. Hmm. I'm sure they, they eat have. fancy food, right? No, they don't eat it. It's there. Oh yeah, you're right. When they were on a boat, there was food, but you're right. I don't think there's actually... food around. Yeah. When they went to breakfast to have that little ten minute meeting, pastries were on the table. No one touched any of them. Huh. It's also it's bad for. Continuity yeah. to allow the characters to actually eat because then it makes it harder to edit the whole thing together. Right. Uh, so there's a reason that they lay off the food. Also, the only time I can remember people indulging in the big fancy spread is when the Waystar crew goes to Sweden or, or to meet with the Swedes in wherever they were up in the mountains there. And then they get the big pile of food. And Yeah, it's like a weird, like the sausages thing. I don't know. Somebody made fun of Hugo for having so much food on his plate. And he's like, oh, no, they fucked me by giving me all this food. Well, that and like the guys in the beginning, the dad <laughs> sent donuts or cupcakes. Yeah. I think it was donuts. It's like food is something that they don't eat. It's like only for not them. It's weird. Right. I don't know. Uh, uh, Somali got a shout out uh, on the show. Like, by the way, I don't know. Yeah, they the, the, offered Connor the, uh, the to be the ambassador to Somalia. I didn't look at this, but does the United States have an embassy or a presence? I don't know. Do they, is there an embassy in Mogadishu? Uh, that is uh, always a fun little plot where, like, he's like trying to get like like a very posh like post somewhere, and it's like, all right, you're not getting anything with nuclear. You're not. Like, he's angling for North Korea. <laughs> right. Not. I don't think I'm into any of the slows. None. Of, none of the slows. How about France? Ah. It's an absurdity that he has any sort of leverage to where he can try to like. I mean, he doesn't have any, but like, it's just funny. Like, he's got like a couple of points in Alaska, and he's like, well. You're one or two percent. It's also a stupid. It's a, a profoundly stupid plot point yeah. for the show. But that's going to be the to focus of the next episode, right? Like the on the eve of the election, yeah. that a third party candidate could drop out, and it, and it would have a meaningful impact one way true. or another, right? Because this is still in the modern times, and they will have advanced voting, right? So a lot of votes are already cast, and yeah, what are you going to do? Make an announcement overnight and say vote for 
the almost Nazi can like I'm, he's right, and he's down by four percent, and you think that this guy who's polling at one percent in some places yeah. is going to have like this is a very stupid yeah. line of plotting that they're going with here. Yeah. Uh, but whatever, perfectly entertaining show, and it's almost over. Uh, and then real quick, be... uh, at the top, you know, like you mentioned with uh, the little spat with his uh, ex-wife. So is do they address like what she is like? She's like the middle east or something like what because yeah she's some sort of i don't know if she's pakistani she's some sort of middle or lebanese or something okay. maybe like she's obviously meant to be some sort of person of color right. i don't think it's clear exactly yeah. what she is because they were making that yeah. point oh the child was singled out because you know your network that you're running is a bunch of batshit crazy people well their kids look we've seen their kids oh, they okay. are darker okay i i don't remember their kids okay so yeah i don't remember yeah. either well i remember his children <laughs> he barely doesn't you got anything else for us tonight Abe? nope well, I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then. We will talk to you next time. Later. Runner on second. No force play at third base. If a grounder is hit, you have to tag the player, right? Hit right to him. The runner at second shouldn't have moved a muscle, but he was a dumb kid, too. And so he takes off for third base. I have enough time to yell it probably five times. Tag him. Tag him. Over and over again. And then the guy's just standing on third base next to him. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. They just weren't paying any attention. They just weren't engaged at all. And then they're arguing about, like, they don't have any steals left. They do. It's not your job to keep track of the steals. And while you're talking to each other about how many steals they have this inning, they're continuing to run around the bases. (laughs) Like, just play the game. Don't try to control right. the game. It's like, I swear to God, it's some sort of weird video oh, game thing. Yeah. Or like, I don't think that my generation had this. No, it's video games and YouTube. The, the rules are not being properly applied here, everyone. Like, fuck right. you, kid. Just do the thing that you're supposed to do. What are you doing? I mean, kids have always been sticklers for the rules, right? But I guess it's like on steroids. Like, oh, they're cheating or they're, there's always this. It's all they care about now. It's, it's all they talk all about the whole they time. Care about. They don't have any more steals. Yes, they do. You're bad at counting. You're not paying any attention whatsoever. Also, you just not, feel they, they're, like they're they don't have any more steals. In their stupid heads tonight for some reason, if someone went from second base to third base, that was a steal. Like, oh, no. I see. It's not stealing. It's taking. They're just taking advantage of the fact that no one is watching what's happening on the right. field. And what's amazing <laughs> is like this game started great. It was one, one nothing one. for a while, then it then it was one to one, and then rather suddenly it was uh fucking six to two and then eleven to two and that was the end of it. It's bad, bad, bad situation. I did not know they had uh, rules about how often you can steal. Like that's so like a at thing. this level, they could just steal forever if you didn't limit it, because the catcher oh, gotcha. very okay. rarely catches the ball. So they limit that's it true. to three steals per inning. It's nice. It keeps the game moving. And yeah, they limit it to five runs scored per inning. So like, even when things are going completely off the rails, it's like, well, worst case scenario, we give up five runs this inning, and then they get to come off. This poor kid. The smallest in stature kid on the team. He's like this big. Uh, total, natural nat- total natural ball player. This is the first time he's ever played baseball, but he can yeah. throw far. I he was can shocked. throw hard, and he has a perfect swing. Like the same way that like he's it was great. very weird when Calvin first picked up a bat. It's like oh, the kid can swing a bat. Nobody taught him how to do that, but he picks up the bat and it looks like a baseball swing. Same with this kid. He gets up there and his team just his own team his own team. 
He got the two outs, and then his own team was just like, nope, we're going to let him score five runs on you. Fuck you, Everett. The proceeding was created with 100% human content.